All right, good evening. You're still awake, maybe. So um, <clears throat> on the schedule it says sit meta Q&A. So probably a lot of you don't know what that means, meta. Meta means, um, it's, a, it's a word that we use to uh, describe this beautiful quality of the heart, loving kindness. Well, that's how it's been translated. Literally means friendliness, friendship. Friendliness, actually, is a better uh, translation. And as you've seen, as you've been here today, and, um, and, and as you've seen in, perhaps in your life or in your own meditation practice, that um, when we sit with ourselves, especially in silence on retreat, all kinds of stuff comes up. Beautiful stuff, hard stuff, painful stuff, uh, things that we'd rather not be with or feel or experience. And uh, it soon becomes very evident that it's really essential that we not only learn to be present and mindful with our experience, but also learn to be kind and caring and loving uh, and tender with much of what comes up. Because a lot of the time, what will come up, what does arise, is difficulty, is challenging. Painful emotions, difficult states, uh, discomfort and aches and of the body and um, you know all the all the vagaries of life that happen in your life will be happening here to some degree so um, in the in the broader context of the practice um, you know the metaphor that 's given is the the practice uh, walking this life is like you know having two wings of a bird the, wing of awareness and the wing of uh, kindness or compassion. And without either wing, we just go around in circles, not getting very far. So, um, so the, the, the we ultimately, uh, in, in our lives and in our meditation, uh, we learn to, f- to integrate these qualities, kindness and presence of mindfulness, and uh, compassion, presence, and warmth. So it's a way that we learn how to meet and greet and welcome our experience uh, with, with a kind attention. So that's easier said than done. Sounds nice. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd like to meet my anxiety and terror and fear with, with kind attention. That sounds lovely, great. All right, see you later. Um, uh, but, you know, if we could do that, we'd be probably living in that way, and um, some of you maybe can and are. And for many of us, it's a practice. Right? So my experience with working with people over these last 20 years is, you know, mostly I meet really, really good people. Well, I do meet good people. Uh, everywhere I go, kind, caring, loving, warm, you know, good hearts, good intentions. But um, often there's a limitation to our love, a limitation to our heartfulness. And that's often with ourselves. We are often the hardest place to be kind to, 
to be caring and loving towards. And um, and since you know, love is comes from the wellspring of our own heart and how we relate to ourselves. It's really important that we learn how to uh, transform the relationship with ourselves uh, into kindness, into care, into love. So there's a line from the Buddha where he says, in, when he was doing this practice, and he said, I surveyed the world and I saw none more worthy or dear, uh, more worthy of love, my own loving kindness than my own self. So, so, we, so we're going to be cultivating this quality of kindness, of friendliness, um, starting with uh, cultivating that for ourselves. I had the good fortune of stumbling also on this practice that when I went into that Buddha center in London when I was 19. Um, I was taught mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. And um, I uh, didn't exactly have an easy time with the loving kindness bit. I thought the awareness stuff was all right. But being loving and kind, I was pretty angry and had a lot of self-hatred, a lot of self-judgment. And uh, the idea of being kind to myself was really uh, anathema. It was sort of weird. And um, so I, but I trusted my teachers and started doing the practice and nothing much happened, but I kept doing the practice because they kept saying it was a good thing to do and um, mostly what I felt was numb and uh, particularly when it came to being kind to myself that just didn't feel didn't wasn't a lot of resonance but you know I kept at it as we do with these practices sometimes we gel in the beginning sometimes we don't and um, over the time over the years I've noticed that it's really helped me soften my heart and really open to myself but particularly the pain and the the struggle that I carried and learn to hold that, meet that with, with kindness rather than judgment or rejection or fear. So, um, and then of course, as I've you know, cultivated that in myself, it's, you know, I find it easier. It's my more, it's, there's more accessibility to bring that kindness to others. So, um, so we'll introduce the practice over some days here. So um, what I like about the loving kindness practice is the instruction is to do it in the easiest way possible, right? which sort of sounds too easy. You know, we think it should be hard, you know, we're gonna suffer with it and that's the way you do real practice. Right? But the idea is you, is, you, is you start in a way that makes it easy for it to arise. So we think about and call to mind people that we uh, love dearly. So we'll uh, so I'll guide us through uh, extending our hearts to someone we love dearly. It's easy for us to feel kindness to. Uh, we'll do it for a good friend, someone, again, whom it's easy for us to open our hearts to. And then we'll uh, include ourselves, which may be not so easy for some of us. And then over the days, we'll introduce more categories of people. The idea with, with love and kindness practice um, is uh, learning to develop, the, 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 the love that we develop in, in, in metta, in loving kindness, 
is different than our perhaps ordinary everyday experience of love in that it's unconditioned, it's boundless. It doesn't have any uh, expectation or need for something in return. Usually when we love or we're in relationship or romantic relationship, usually there's a some kind of trading going on. It's not so conditional, um, not so unconditioned. And it's more rare. We, we, we notice it. If you think about times you've met someone who's loved you unconditionally, um, it's quite profound and moving, where they really don't want anything from you, but they wish the best for you. And so the, the kindness that we're developing is really that it's without agenda, without a bargain, without a need for return, um, and it's beautiful. It's a, it's a sublime quality, the Buddha called it. So there's a, a poem, part of a poem that um, I like that speaks to this quality uh, for ourselves. It's from uh, Wendell Berry, no, Gauri Canal. And it's from a part of a poem, lovely poem called St. Francis and the Sow. And in that poem he says, um, the bud, talking of the flower bud, the bud stands for all things, even for those things that do not flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on the brow of the flower, to tell it in words and in touch it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So I think the same is true for us. Sometimes it is necessary to reteach ourselves our own loveliness, our goodness, our worthiness, to put a hand on our hearts and tell ourselves also in words and in touch that we are lovely or we are lovable or we are deserving to be here until we also flower again from within of self-blessing. So that's the, I think that poem really expresses the essence of it. And um, so what, how the structure of the practice works is we use, there's different ways, the two primary ways to do this. One is we sit and we simply radiate that quality of kindness and friendliness to ourselves and to others. Um, and the other is to use phrases that express the heart's wish for ourselves and another's uh, welf- welfare, well-being. And so the phrases that I'll share, and you're welcome to use them, you're welcome to adapt them, some of you already have your own phrases. Basically, they're sim- they should be simple, they should cover the main sort of domains of, you know, some of the main domains of what we aspire for being human. And... Um, something that you don't have to think too much about. So the phrases I'll use are, um, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you live with ease. And the safety is, uh, may we be safe from inner and outer harm. Right? And the living with ease is oriented towards how we are in our lives, right? free from stress and struggle. So um, I'll repeat those through the meditation, so you don't have to remember them, but you will eventually. And um, it's important to sit 
relaxed. If you're in pain right now before you've even started the meditation, then please move, adjust your posture, sit in a chair, um, switch from a bench to whatever it is you need to do to uh, find some relative ease. It's important. It's hard to wish everyone to be happy if your knee is screaming at you, (laughs) like, help. And um, the power of the practice um, in this style is the is is the way that we continually offer or say these phrases that express the heart's wish for another's happiness. Right? So the idea is you put all of your energy, your intention behind each phrase. You know, words are powerful, thoughts are powerful, the repetition of them is powerful. But we're not a phrase factory, so we're not saying them as quick as we can, getting as many as we can. That doesn't, you know, it's really feeling it as genuinely as we can, the, the, the wish the intention. And then whether you feel anything or not, whether you feel that warmth or tingle or expansiveness or love or kindness, you may, you may not. That's secondary to this, just this simple heart-opened wish for another's welfare and happiness. Okay, so sitting comfortably, closing your eyes, Bring your awareness to the center of your chest, to your heart area, feeling your breath moving in your chest, moving in your heart area. Hearing the sounds of gentle rain, so metta loving kindness is, is the analogy is it is like gentle rain in that it rains gently, evenly on everyone. Not just to our, normally our kindness is restricted to a few nearest and dearest and we're learning through this practice to extend our hearts beyond that. So begin by calling to mind a loved one, someone, the person or being that's easiest for us to love. Someone with whom when you bring them to mind into your heart, they bring a smile to your face, to your heart, sense of gladness or warmth. So take some moments to think who that is Loved one, a child, could be an animal, could be a teacher, could be a relative who's shown you kindness, grandparent.
Take a moment to feel them, visualize them. Remembering their goodness or their good qualities. Establishing as tangible a sense of them here with you right now. And then offering them these expressions of your loving heart. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you be safe from harm. May you live with ease. May you be happy. Be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. You may use the word feel. May you feel happy this moment. May you feel healthy. May you feel safe. May you live with ease. So staying connected with this person and in your own time repeating these phrases or similar saying your phrases genuinely meaningfully
Notice when your attention wanders or you start thinking about the person rather than simply wishing them well. Let those thoughts go and resume your phrases. May you feel happy, feel healthy. May you feel safe. Live with ease. And now calling to mind a good friend, someone with whom there's an ease of contact right now, not too much conflict. Someone again with whom when you think about, opens your heart, there's a sense of warmth, gladness, goodwill. So again, taking a moment to call someone to mind, visualizing this person, Sensing them, saying their name. Sensing their wish to be happy. Their good qualities. Really establishing a sense of them. Extending your wishes of loving kindness, just as I wish to be happy, may you too be happy. You be healthy. You be safe. You live with ease. feel happy, you feel healthy, feel safe, live with ease. So in your own time, offering these wishes slowly, meaningfully, 
And again, when your attention wanders, bring it back. Call to mind this friend. I wish to be happy and resume your phrases. And turning your same attention towards yourself, taking a moment to reflect on your own goodness, your own wish to be happy, some quality, some action, something that allows you to feel a sense of goodwill or warmth towards yourself. The fact that you just showed up here is a sign of your good nature. So taking a moment just to reflect on your own goodness, your wish to be happy. And then offering yourselves the same wishes. You can say these wishes to yourself, you can say them to your body. You can, if it helps, imagine yourself as a younger person. Whatever allows you to feel into a sense of warmth and goodwill for yourself. And as you say the phrases, saying them slowly and feeling any reverberation like the ripples of a pebble in a pond. May I too be happy.
may be healthy. May I be safe from harm. May I live with ease. May I feel happy this moment. I feel healthy. I feel safe. I live with ease. And I'll often add the phrase, may I love and accept myself just as I am. May I love and accept myself just as I am. So continuing with these phrases sometimes helps to put a hand on your heart as a gesture of that warmth or loving care as you connect with your heart saying these phrases in your own time. Again, if your attention wanders, notice that, bring it back, sense your heart, and resume your phrases.
And if saying them to yourselves feels like it runs into a roadblock, you might recall your loved one we first wished metaphor, your good friend. You might try visualizing them offering these same phrases, these same wishes to you. Sometimes feeling it from the outside is an easier way to let it in. And lastly, extending this same wish to the person sitting either side of you or in front of you. Now it's to everybody here in the room. May we all be happy, be healthy, be safe, live with ease. Now close with some words from a poem Because if you could grow to your best self, be patient, not demanding, be kind, not pushing and punishing. Be patient, not belittling. For you are more sensitive than you know. Mankind is tough as war, yet delicate as flowers. We can endure agonies, but only open fully to warmth and light. And our need to grow is fragile as a fragrance, dispersed by storms of will, returning when the storms are still. So accept, respect, attend your sensitivity. A flower cannot be opened with a hammer. So love and kindness practice, like many practices, 
you know, can feel very, um, in the beginning, feel a little benign, a little slow, feels like nothing's happening, and, um, and yet drop by drop, as we learn to deepen the practice, it does t- tend to open the heart, tenderize us, and uh, allow a little more room, particularly for uh, being more kind and loving to ourselves. So any questions about your practice this evening, especially about the loving kindness, about the phrases or the form or challenges or observations? Yes, please, at the back. Yes. So there, are, as I said, there's different stages. So we've just we we just did the easy part today. <laughs> I said we start easy, and then tomorrow we'll expand out to um, to strangers, people that we don't have strong feelings for or against. And then the next phase is we extend it to people that we find difficult. We're in having difficult struggle, conflict with, and then. Uh, the last stage is just widening it out to include everyone. So we use those different categories as expressions of the different kinds of ways that we relate to people in different relationships. So we're usually keen to jump in and find the you know like the our worst enemy and but usually if we do that in the beginning it just kicks up so much turmoil that it's hard to actually settle in the heart and so we start first with easier categories and then uh and then add different different people as we go along so um you know of course those people might be knocking on the door saying hey <laughs> what about me <laughs> um and if they come you can just wish them well and say you know I'll get to you tomorrow and uh we'll come back to whoever you're working with and um but it is a powerful you know this quality of boundless love that the matter is in its essence the when we're extending it to people that we find we're strangers, which is most people in the world to us, and people we don't like or are having a hard time with, um, that's when we really start to, you know, grow that 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 kind that you know, domain of kindness from the familiar and the safe and the comfortable to those that we might be stretched by. So um, you know, feel free to include those as you like. But um, if it's new practice, then it start a little more gradually. It tends to be more helpful. What else? Yes, please. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Great. So the que- the comment question was. Um, she spaced out on the phrases. You spaced out the whole time, or it's particular phrases or particular people or w- particular people. Yeah. So she was spacing out on particular people. Is it okay to come back to, to letting go of the phrases and coming back to the breath? Yeah. So coming back to the breath, as we've been practicing all day, is always an option. And um, sometimes the phrases can feel a bit repetitive or rote and dry. And um, again, it's fine to let the phrases go, either just rest with the person or come back to yourself and your breath. Um, And 
and it's always interesting to see what happens when we bring in different people, right? You, you know, we call to mind a friend and say, oh, Joey, I haven't thought of Joey for a long time. Yeah, I'll send them a little love. Hey, they didn't show up at my birthday party. I like, I, I'm still pissed about that. I don't know if I'm ready to give them actually a little bit of love. I don't know. I need some... So it all, all it goes flat and we suddenly, we're spacing out. Like, wait a minute, I love this person. How come I can't... What's going on here? So, you know, like all practice, it reflects back to us something, right? Um, so there's also a place for sticking with the same people and just going, okay, it might be flat, it might be boring, I might not feel connected, but um, this is my spouse and, uh, and I want to... <laughs> just kidding. And I want to open my heart. So, um, or family member or you know who... Um, so, uh, so there's a, there's a, because the, the, the metta is just understood to be a purification practice in that it purifies, it brings to the surface that which is getting in the way of our heart's opening. So if we get, go flat or boring, it's not necessarily a problem of the person or our practice is just something needs to be understood. So, um, so it's worth hanging in there a little bit, stretching a little bit, even if it feels flat or boring, because something is happening. If we, for me, the, the practice is all about, can I say each phrase genuinely as if for the first time? Right? So I say really slowly. I often time it with my breath. I try and have some sense of the person, and I just do my best each time. What else? How is it doing it for yourself? Any any comments about that? Were you just showering, bathing in this golden, loving light? Was this? I felt the room glowing. No, just kidding. Any comments about that? How many people was that hard to be to wish that genuinely for yourself? Just raise your hand. Just curious. How many people? That's a good, good chunk of you. Yeah. So questions about that or comments? Yes. Right, so it was much easier when you imagined someone else saying those same phrases. Right, so it's, you know, if we think about those two people we call to mind, right, the friend, the, the, the loved one, or what's sometimes called the benefactor, um, we can imagine them genuinely wishing us to be happy and safe and healthy, right? So we can, it's easier to let in somehow. So you can play with that as a, as a, as a doorway in. Um, so, you know, the... As I said, the, as well as doing the practice in whatever the easiest way possible, also let yourself be creative. You know, some of you are visual. Um, sometimes I imagine myself as an infant, and that helps connect me with some more tender, vulnerable part of myself. Um, so seeing ourselves through another's eye, um, doing it to our body, which can allow some gratitude or appreciation as a, as a doorway in. So, yeah. Yes, please. I had a question about uh, the possible uh-huh. just around the um, sensory. So I find that mm-hmm. um, do you have a view on, on that? Yeah. So the question's about uh, in, in mindfulness practice, he's finding that listening to sounds is a better place to rest the attention, to stay present than the breath. And what, what do I think about that? I think it's fine. 
many people use sounds as the primary object. So right now we've been emphasizing either the body as the primary place to rest or focus the attention or the breath or both. Um, I tend to not stress sounds. I will talk about it tomorrow. I don't tend not to stress sounds in here so much because it's pretty quiet. So for most people, there's not enough grab. So there's spacing out. But if it works for you, because there is plenty of subtle sounds and there's silence. Um, and when the rain comes tomorrow, there'll be a lot more sounds. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, object, partly because it invokes or invites a quality of receptivity and spaciousness. You can't do sounds, you can't make sounds happen. You have to relax and settle back, and the more you relax and settle back, the more open and clear the hearing is. So I teach it a lot when I'm doing outdoor meditation because there's a lot more sound, and it's, it's more obvious, you know, wind, ocean, waves, etc. So, yeah, but if it works, then I think it's fine. Just also have some awareness of your body as you're doing that. So it's an embodied hearing. Yeah, great. And yes, please. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great question. Um so the question is about you know some phrases there was felt there was a lot of ease or connection with with certain people but the same phrases with other people or for oneself didn't resonate or were hard or brought up stuff and in the spirit of doing what's easiest do you do what's easiest and maybe change the phrase or do you stick with it because there's some learning in that you know both is fine um i i generally stay with the same phrases whoever i'm wishing it for and there's some value in t in working with that and finding and sort of digging deep in either into the phrase or the meaning of the person to allow that to have some traction. And and then sometimes spontaneously, you know, I'll call to mind my father or s somebody and there'll just be a different set of phrases or one or two phrases will be different because I want to either know him so well or I know, you know, maybe this person's, you know, really physically you know, struggling or, and, and so I'll, you know, a phrase or two will come out that's much more tuned to that person. And that's also fine. Um, and the, what we're trying not to get into is thinking about each phrase. Well, do I want them to be happy or content? I mean, if they're content, they get a little sort of lazy. So I really want them to be energized. Is that joy or is it, you know, and then we just like lose it, you know. So, Good enough phrases. Good enough for most people. Some really don't work. Then you make some change and um, adapt as necessary, but within sort of moderation, I'd say. Yeah. Yes, please.
Right. Uh, how much to do the phrases in the context of a Vipassana retreat? Um, I don't have a strong view about that. Um, you can go either way. I, I tend to generally say whatever retreat you're on, do that, you know, whether it's here, if it's here, do what we're teaching. If it's somewhere else, drop this and do that, you know, so you're congruent with the, with the teaching and everybody else in the field. And um, so I would, you know, so one option is you just do the meta practice here and the rest of the time is Vipassana, especially if Vipassana is less familiar, then I'd say definitely emphasize the Vipassana. Um, and you can, but it's also doesn't take any effort to weave in some meta into one's day. You can, you know, um, both formally and informally. You know, it could be that you take another meditation and you do it, do more meta practice. You could take a walking practice and you just do a very simplified version of the practice, maybe for yourself and whoever is in your field of vision or the animals that you see. Or you just do it, you know, every time you're walking between buildings, you know, you're walking to the dining room or you're awake at night at three in the morning. Instead of counting sheep, you do meta practice. Um, someone holds a door open for you. You silently wish them well. So you can both weave it in informally, which I think is a very sweet thing to do, especially in the silence because it's a way of staying connected and keeping the heart open when we're not really connecting, you know, verbally or visually. Um, and also keeps that the the thread of warmth, sort of the pot boiling a little bit in the heart. So um, yeah, so mostly vipassana. We've in some metta as it feels either this energy juice there, or you just want to experiment with weaving it in. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So the comments about practicing metta alone or with a group, and um, and feeling so much more connection, tears, and and uh, in the group, and um, yeah, well. Definitely, you know, in retreat, we do get more sensitive. You've been meditating all day, 24 hours in silence. There is something very beautiful. It's why we come together. It definitely supports our practice when we, when we come together like this. And um, having guidance also can be helpful. Um, and um, yeah, no, it can be powerful. So happy that that's happening for you. Yeah, there's a lovely field that gets created. Yes, at the back. Right. Yeah, so the question about for the person we love not using our romantic partner. Um, so the way I've, I was taught it was not to use someone that we're sexually attracted to. Um, and that may be your romantic partner also. Um, 
so because we're trying to develop this quality of um, love without attachment, or love without condition, or love without gender, or love without strings. And usually in our romantic relationships, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of history and stuff, and, and so it's a little harder sometimes to access that fully open-heartedness. Um, and if there's sexual attraction, then that quite easily becomes part of what um, uh, muddies that unconditional loving without wanting something back. So I think it's fine to do, I think it's a good thing to do actually, <laughs> loving kindness for your spouse. Um, but as a practice, we also want to have other people in that category, so we're really feeling the distinct quality of the, of, of the practice than our familiar one in, in our relationship. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to do for our you know, spouses and family because we, 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 you know, in, the, in the practice we hold them in a different way when we're in the meditation and, it's, and it's, it enriches it actually, it gives another texture to your love, to your heart. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably enough questions and answers for now. So, um, I don't have my glasses on, so you could be meditating till midnight as far as I know, but, uh, oh, it's, it's sleep, it says. Further practice for those who have energy. Uh, so it is nine o'clock. Um, you've put in a lovely, uh, beautiful, sincere, hard, uh, hopefully enriching day of practice. So um, just take a moment to appreciate the work that you put in, right? It's a lot of hours, a lot of minutes, a lot of moments of presence, mindfulness, kindness, patience, returning, returning, returning. So appreciating the goodness of your practice, the goodness of your hearts, and um, just feeling also a moment of gratitude and to be here, right? This is a beautiful opportunity that we have to be on this land, to be with each other, to be in with these teachings. So may our practice here benefit not just ourselves, but may in the same way that we were extending metta, may the goodness of our practice ripple out in ways seen and unseen that generally help uh, and the welfare and the happiness of all life. So thank you for your practice. And now the best practice of all, sleep. (laughs) Or what they call horizontal, no, poor man's nirvana. So enjoy sleep. We'll have a wake up bell at six and back in here at 6.30. Thank you.